This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You, you have, it's the fiat that, Federal Reserve System that's really keeping the lifeblood going of how right. things are. It's that devaluing of the U.S. dollar that's really keeping people. Because I was thinking about, I forgot to bring it up, when we talk about abortion and women's rights and all this stuff, and women is the biggest voting block, we need to ask the question of, of why do women feel compelled to kill their potential children so that they can work longer hours or say so right. they can have more access to things or why is it so expensive to have children and like what you know we need to kind of deal with that deconstruction of community and support networks incentives and, yeah yeah not just that but it but i mean right it's like you have all these celebrities and i'm not you're not going to be surprised by this either that come out and say oh i'm so grateful i was able to have an abortion or i wouldn't be getting this award and i would be able to make this move it's disgusting right yeah um and so it's just it's just like a lot of what we're seeing is downstream of the federal reserve so my point here is the major known checks and balances that we have are supposed to be the mainstream media and journalism right they're supposed to be uh like yeah the those worked very system. well <laughs> they're supposed to be the justice system they're supposed to be voting all the methods by which we're told that you hold politicians accountable mm -hmm. it, it's it's a little insincere when you still have again that federal reserve and everything downstream of that right or let's what is up everybody my name is kyle matovic I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. 
All right, everybody. This is In Liberty and Health, episode number one thirty-eight. I'm I'm starting to get shaky on these numbers, and even like editing it, I'm starting to get shaky. My dog must have ran away because he must have thought that it's an atrocious thing. I'm not paying attention to him. Anyways, long intro. <laughs> I got Rachel Tobias with me. How are you doing? Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Good, good. Well, I'm I'm very, very glad to have you. And uh, we were shooting the shit off air. And like I said, you kind of got me back in the right headspace. I originally heard you on Pete's show. And then obviously, I had to listen to you on Tommy's show because, you know, Tommy's a good friend of mine. And then we followed each other on Twitter. I listened to you on Mark's show. And um, you have a very, very interesting perspective. And even what we were kind of talking about off air, I mm. really, really liked the perspective that you were bringing. And you had a zinger on somebody on Twitter that I didn't – I don't want to say I don't like this person because I'm sure he's a good person, but um, he's kind of the epitome of what libertarians get when they get lulled in this sense of complacency, right? I think you know who I'm talking about, literally of just doing nothing but virtue signaling on Twitter. Um you seem to kind of rave against that as much as I do. I know that's kind of a lot to just throw at you at the beginning here, but um, yeah, I guess to pose to you in a question, when did things kind of sink in for you that just screaming about Ancapistan wouldn't bring us there? Because I'm guessing you start off as a libertarian and then you kind of moved away from that. Um, initially, and I'll try to keep it brief. Initially, Go as long as you started, yeah, well, I started off on the left. Uh, before 2016, I was a Bernie bro. I was a progressive. You know, I saw people struggle. I've worked minimum wage jobs. I've seen a lot of unfairness. And I thought, yeah, you know, people really do need a social safety net. And a lot of things that Bernie said were very true about you know, banks and the system and this and that. So that really resonated with me. And the 2016 election happened. And I saw basically the DNC cheat. They threw Bernie on the bus. You know, the WikiLeaks emails came out and said that this whole time they were pretty much just really behind Hillary. They were giving her primary time. And eventually it got to the point where the DNC was taken to court and they were told, you're not following your charter. You're not being fair in the primaries at all. And they and the judge threw out the case and said, you know what, they can pick a candidate in the back room with cigars if they want to. It doesn't matter, donor, it doesn't matter, charter, it doesn't matter. They talk all they want about democracy. They're not a democratic institution. They're a private corporation. That's the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that got me so, so shocked. And not only that, but there was a lot of really uh, condescending stuff in the emails. They were talking about voter demographics, whether it was Hispanics or atheists or this or that. They just talked about people in such an objectifying, belittling way where it's like, oh, you don't care about any of these people at all. You just want you know, what looks like their votes and their money and their support, you want them to prop up your pet projects, but you don't actually care about people's well-beings at all. It's a game. And I got very disillusioned and I started to do conspiracy research and kind of go back to the basics, whether it was 9-11, came across great people like Ryan Dawson, ANC Report, my friend Titus Frost, who does Spitting Truth with Titus these various things, right? I had known about Alex Jones, I had known about David Icke, but that was a bit of a dead end because while that was much earlier, like 2005, when I was introduced to that material, I would be thinking like, oh my God, there's aliens, there's this or that, what do we do? And there was no practical solution given. There was nothing. So I just kind of like went on my life and forgot about it. Um, I would say 
you know, I became a hardcore ANCAP. And I was like, all right, you know, I, I've changed. I've updated my worldview. I've got to go to festivals. I've got to meet like-minded people. We got to do this, right? So, and I've always been very um, guarding of my own personal freedom and my autonomy. I hate being told what to do. I like having choice. I like having independence. I've always been frustrated by certain social expectations and also just like, you know, having to put up with people's nonsense and not getting alone time, all that stuff. So a lot of libertarian values were very attractive to me. But when 2020 happened, I thought, oh, great, this is it. This is the moment for libertarians to say we were right, you were wrong, the government's evil, all these things. And I saw the exact opposite. I saw people double down and listen to the CDC and listen to the FDA, even when it got to a point where it was no longer like logical or rational or just clearly strictly propaganda. What you thought it was from the beginning, it got increasingly crazier, right? And more instructive. And I saw people around me, whether it was, you know, family, friends, uh, coworkers, whatever it was. And I'm, to be fair, I'm in New York, I'm in a blue state. So it's incredibly, you know, left leaning in terms of if you're in New York City, I'm in the suburbs. So there are some red areas and upstate is red as well. But for the most part, right? They're going to be one of the states that goes along with whatever the Biden agenda is. And I thought this, I thought like, okay, if the government was that intrusive enough and told people to shut down churches, told them to shut down gyms, told them to shut down their business, told them you can't visit family, you can't go to funerals. I thought, you know what, even if people don't call themselves ANCAPs or they don't say they're libertarian, they're going to put their foot down. There's a line in sand. When it comes to masking children or saying the children have to get boosters, they have to get this and this and this, they're going to put their foot down. And it was crazy. It didn't happen. People just were so scared and panicked. And they just, again, lost logic. And I saw libertarians who were cool with the mandates, who were saying, you know what? Unpopular opinion. We got to vax, COVID vax, all the kids to get herd immunity. Like, are you out of your mind? Oh, it's a private business. They can do what they want. You know what? If you want to wear a mask, that's your business. I'm not going to, but that's yours. And what I saw was a lack of understanding of saying live and let live doesn't really work, right? And there was that inversion of telling people that we're all socially responsible for each other which was like partially true. And we saw libertarian values be turned against us and told, no, 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 you got to respect that private business for enforcing the state's mandates. No, 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 you got this. It was like libertarianism being used as a Trojan horse to justify the worst things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, there's something fundamentally flawed and wrong with this. And we really need to reconsider what it is that people want, why they want it. I don't think it's as simple as just doing what you're told. I think, again, that's like an oversight a bit. I, I was just so frustrated. I'm like, it's time to update my worldview again. I still consider myself now an ANCAP at heart. You know, it's like, I, I want to leave people alone. I want to be left alone. But I kind of triangulate between some kind of authoritarianism and some kind of... <laughs> And cap or some kind of, you know, because it just got to a point where things didn't work. And we kind of got the worst of all worlds, mm -hmm. really, across the board. And there were some places like Florida, 
you know, who DeSantis said, no, we're not doing that. And whether he was just playing the game differently or wanting to run for whatever it is, right? I don't trust these politicians, but there was certainly a difference in terms of places economically and prosperity wise and health wise when they weren't locked out, when kids weren't locked out of school. And what's so frustrating too, I want to add was, you know, it's not enough for us to run around and say, oh, good, all these children aren't in school. Now they're going to just defund, educate. Great, great. We got what we want. What people in ANCAPs don't understand is usually you're not going to get what you want with the current system we have, right? Even if it's a parallel to what, you know, they're saying, oh, yes, defund police. Oh, yes, you know, take kids out of school. Oh, yes, it's never going to be on really the terms and conditions that we want it to. It's never for those reasons either. It's always because, and I don't mean to doom or black kill here, but if the system's willing to let something go, it's because it's no longer necessary or because something else is gonna, <laughs> gonna happen, right? When they say defund police, it's not because the system suddenly, the people in government, you know, I love, um, I think Oren McIntyre refers to as like the parasitic managerial class. It's not because they had a change of heart and they're like, oh, you know, this is wrong or whatever. It's because they've got something else up their sleeve, whether that's they want more federal police, UN police, whether it's they want robot dogs, it's because something else okay. is going down. <laughs> so I think it's just, again, I love the idea of live and let live. I love um approaching people from a place as saying yes we're all sovereign individuals but right now we're in a really nasty situation that situation is libertarians will say on one hand public education the entire system is doming people down and keeping them adolescent and then on the other hand well but we need to respect everyone's rights mm -hmm. yeah that's a problem because you're getting <laughs> more and more people I'm not the smartest person ever, but you're getting the indoctrination and propaganda has gotten worse since, you know, way after I've been out of school, yeah. it's gotten so much worse. You, we have a situation where you have generations of people that are essentially adolescents and that's not a blank check to go kill them or something. I'm just saying you can't sincerely walk around and say, we need to respect everyone's rights as though they're always the super rational individual we have a real situation and when i present that problem to a lot of ancaps and libertarians a lot of them don't really have an answer for me as to like either what do you do mm -hmm. with all these people because again these are people that you can show them facts and figures and talk about the federal reserve all you like what they're not gonna go you know what uh, they're not gonna change their mind based on reason number one and number two um you can't always avoid these people forever either even though hey i'm all for building parallel communities i'm all for agorism i'm all for finding a workaround that's mm -hmm. part of the solution you know I'm, I'm in a situation where with my work and where i live I really just can't avoid certain things forever. It was only recently that buses were no longer required, um, were requiring masks. Mm -hmm. And I would fight with the, you know, I wouldn't be violent, but I'd say my piece, I'd say this is dumb, fight with the driver, blah, blah, blah. 
you know, where by under my chin, whatever it is. It's like, obviously, you know, it, it didn't end right away in New York the way it did in other states. And I also think a lot of libertarians in Texas or Florida, wherever, kind of, kind of forget that. What happens in blue right. states does matter. And I think there's a tendency to dismiss that and to say, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 I'm in a red state. But that's difficult, especially when you have big corporations or even small businesses or churches or whatever, either becoming woke or enforcing this nonsense right. in a red state. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, oh, sorry. Good. No, nah, no, nah, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Um, So one thing that I've kind of, really liked about the whole and I, I i almost don't like this term but the post-libertarian kind of movement is that it did kind of apply nuance right it, it gave it put in the face of libertarians like hey you have to deal with the nuance of the real world and what a lot of ancaps and one specifically that i was referring to a little bit earlier they're not able to deal with real world nuance and they'll say well better that i stood by my principles than died a aggressive bastard or something like that and and it's like you realize what you're saying like these people are now trying to fuck children (laughs) like they're coming after children and part of me almost thinks is this for more than a reason of just hey they like kids is this to provoke kind of a false flag situation because this is kind of what it's starting to look like to me um i don't want to go too far on that tangent but um, one thing that I think libertarians also need to understand is that culture matters to people, right? It's not, as you said, live and let live, because when there's children being indoctrinated, that they think it's okay to violate your rights and that it's okay to violate your children with these ideas that are going to make them hate you, essentially, and hate the idea of a cohesive, more conservative culture that tolerates freedom much better than this you know, kind of liberal woke culture that's been fostered. Um, You can't just say, well, that's okay. You can live and do whatever you want because at a certain point that does encroach into your territory and that does encroach into your family. And then you're no longer able to live the way you want to, because now people have indoctrinated your children to hate you. So like I said, a lot of what you touched on seems to be that libertarians don't understand that you're going to have to affect culture. And in order to do that, you will need some kind of elite of some sort, right? Because culture isn't just going to be a couple of people got together and then all of a sudden there's this giant movement, right? It has to be something that you have a leader of a community and then they get people to follow them. And then the movement kind of starts from there. It's not going to just be you know, a couple of losers in a basement that all of a sudden spring up and Capistan, right? So this is something that I've tried to hit on a lot is that people need to be more influential. So you need to be a better person. You need to be healthier and you need to, as the post-libertarian group often says, kind of diversify your income and become, you know, a more wealthy person, less dependent on strictly things that could potentially lead to you having to take a shot or do things that the government is asking you to do. So I know I just threw a lot at you, but basically I think what the takeaway from 2020 should have been is that we need more influential people leading the libertarian movement. If we want to have any kind of libertarian looking society, because it's not going to just be, um, you know, the people you see at your local LP meeting as much. as I hate to say that <laughs> it's not going to be those people that bring about Ancapistan. Yeah. They're kind of, address and unpack a lot of the different avenues that you mentioned number one 
I do think that there's a lot of pedophiles that feel emboldened because, hello, our president is an open pedophile. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you the amount of times I've tried to talk to people about that and just they always have an excuse for why he's touching children a certain way or why he's snipping hair or why he's acting inappropriately. And there's all this swearing instant. There's, there's more than enough evidence to have an investigation, mm -hmm. whether that's from all the swearing in ceremony on tapes. And that's just like this open secret. So I do think that there certainly is. You've got Rachel Levine, who's, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the health secretary, right? Yeah, can saying, I just say oh, she no, didn't no. handle the state? I live in Pennsylvania. Yeah, believe me, she didn't the, handle it well. Again, it's it's this this sort of inversion of autonomy and rights because they're declaring these children can behave autonomously, behave rationally, are not under the stewardship of the parents. They're very upfront about saying, no, 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 children are the property of the state, mm. right? They're very upfront, whether it's teachers or whomever are saying this, I think that so they're more emboldened. And two, when it comes to drag shows and things, I, you know what? And, and I do, by the way, I think it's very possible to have a false flag or a psyop or a hoax coming down the pike saying, here's a bunch of angry parents and they, they're, they're threatening the school or they're doing this. I mean, we're seeing right now the, the spin on, whether it's true or not, people so-called, you know, threatening hospitals that are doing gender affirmation care, surgery for minors, right? Anything, whether it's abortion or whether it's, you know, hurting children is always defined as care, right? It's always right. defined as health and a good thing and this and this. Um, Women's reproductive health. <laughs> we're just always, it's always going to be presented as something positive and good, yeah. clearly. But it's like, yeah, there might be something going on with that. There might be, you know, I don't really know where this this tension is going to go, but I know it's not going to go away. And I know that this is certainly that line in the sand for a lot of parents where, okay, you know, you can only push a population so far. And so a lot of it is, again, more boldness. And also a lot of it is about humiliation and demoralization that's part of the psyop and when i say psyop i mean this is an intentful uh worldview being pushed on people to make them feel helpless and humiliated mm -hmm. i'm not saying that nothing's happening i'm saying clearly i'm saying that's one for it's not all just because of pedophilia mm -hmm. it's also because it's to try to really undermine the family fabric and social fabric that keeps things together right and mm -hmm. it's to separate everyone because it's truly our real currency is our reputation and our relationships yeah. with each other right. and financial is kind of secondary your real passport is your family um whether you know you get along with your family or not that's generally how things are and so it's just trying to destroy all those familial relationships and that sense of reality and these children are just complete victims of these psychotic parents in this agenda that's really doing this and so just to say that and also i would rather some libertarians and ancaps do nothing than support that because there are a lot of them who you know look we have a crazy situation where you know Certain states like Florida will say, if you are trying to push this on your child, it is abuse. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. um, and we will take your children away. And I have very mixed feelings about that. 
right? Nothing is easy or simple. It's I have very because again, do do I trust like the state? Do I trust uh, child protective services per se of removing these children? I mean, we've seen the whole Epstein thing. I don't necessarily. At the same time, if you're going to have law, I do think there needs to be something on the books, right. unfortunately, because yeah. apparently you have to spell it out. This is abuse and this is not okay. And there needs to be some kind of force backing that. So I'm very torn up. It's not a simple thing. Right. But what bothers me is there are too many libertarians and anarchists that still approach things from a position of, well, the children are the property of the parents. And therefore, if the parents choose to do this to the child, if this is what the child wants, you know, who are we to intervene? Right? <laughs> children who, who can consent. Uh, and then and then to say, I'm just tired of arguing, oh, drag shows, you know, people coming at me and saying drag shows are not inherently sexual. I'm the whole point of a drag show for children is to normalize this. The whole point mm. of the system doing these things to children is because as libertarians understand, children are the next generation in the future. Mm -hmm. And this is a little soul that you can indoctrinate with good or bad things, right? Mm -hmm. Again, libertarians understand why public education is so bad. And we're seeing an example of that. But the system is putting so much stock into this mm -hmm. because they want to normalize certain things. And there's other things too. There's the depopulation agenda. If you can get someone to castrate themselves, that's less people to worry about. Right. There's also the idea of, you know, the biggest threat to any kind of system would be healthy men and masculinity. Mm -hmm. And if you can remove that, especially when the children are young, if you can, you know, either send men off to die in a war or you shut down gyms or you demonize masculinity or you attack children, you're guaranteeing that you will stay in power because you're removing all competition and threats. What's going on, guys? Um, we're going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about these show sponsors and the way that you can support me and this podcast. Um, I'm sponsored by Axe and Sledge. We'll really focus in here. But uh, right here in my hand, I have their um, The Grind, which is essential amino acids and hydration. Um, feel free to check it out. Um, this is your mom's sweet peach. They have some awesome flavors and awesome names. They also have multivitamins, fat burners, creatine, beta alanine, um, all sorts of different supplements to help you get all jacked and tan and help you become a person more full of uh, liberty and health as this show is about. So um, if you want to support me and support this podcast, then feel free to go to axandsledge.com and check out um, all their great supplements there and use code Matovic10, that's M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K-1-0 at checkout for a little discount and to let them know I sent you their way. All right, everybody. Thanks. Now back on to the show. So there's, this is a multifaceted agenda. It's very sophisticated and I don't know about you, but if someone had told me back in early 2000s that this was how things were going right now, I wouldn't have believed it for a second. No. I don't know if you would. <laughs> no, I was born in 1994. And uh, no, I would have thought you were absolutely crazy. Uh, one thing that does concern me, it's like, man, you guys don't realize when you fuck with people's kids, I mean, the people who actually give a fuck about their kids you were literally fucking with their everything. Like I plan to be a father. Me and my fiance really, really want to have kids. We're getting married in less than a month and a half. Like that uh, shit. Thank beautiful. you. <laughs> that, that shit means a world to us. Right. Because we realize 
where our families went wrong and we realized that we have the opportunity to do things much, much better. If you're going to tell me that you're going to stick a man dressed as a woman and sexually dance in front of my child, we will have fucking problems. If we're going to have a government, then the least thing it could fucking do if it's stealing at least 40% of my income is make sure that my kids don't have fucking penises in front of their faces. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's really what's fucking happening to people now. And if once again, if we're going to have a government, then this is the least that it could do is make sure that, hey, maybe the communities aren't completely destroyed and torn apart and that we're not having drag shows for children in public schools. Yeah, dude. I mean, think of it this way too, is people used to sacrifice people to make the sunrise, right? We look at that as barbaric and crazy. People will sacrifice children for COVID for nothing. Right. Right. At least, Hey, whether it works or not, probably not. That's the sun, right? That's a really big deal. People will throw their children and their family under the bus mm-hmm. over nothing now. And not only that, I think, you know, circumcision is abuse. That's mm-hmm. another thing I should have realized personally was like, oh, yeah, why wouldn't people mask their children for eight hours a day if they're willing to circumcise their children, if they're willing to do things in the name of something that has no real, you know, or I would argue legitimate science now or something, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a heartbreaking thing. And I tend to think of it as possession as either a demonic possession or someone in a temporary psychotic state. I mean, it's, it's just really unfortunate. And I was going to say like, you know, the live and let live thing is really a privilege of a modern era. Right. Because people didn't always have, whether it's good or bad, opportunity to do their own thing. I mean, again, whether it's good or bad. And something I want to mention, too, is it took me a while to really understand that just because an action is voluntary doesn't make it automatically good. Mm-hmm. And just because an action right. is for doesn't make it automatically bad, mm-hmm. you know, and that that can't be our only metrics of morality. Right. Because, yeah, consent ethics can only get you so far. And it's just so unfortunate. And I used to think, and I used to really hold on to the idea that if something was a good idea, it didn't require force. Well, what's child support? Right? Like, Using force <laughs> you know, to support children. It's, it's, it's just a sad, unfortunate thing. And I think it's always kind of a give and take of understanding human nature and that there's both good and bad in all of us and trying to, you know, the, the whole point of having a society in general, in my opinion, is you want to bring out the potential of people. You want to maximize their potential of what they have to give to the world, mm-hmm. especially young people. And we've seen such this inversion where young people and their potential are thrown in, under the bus because of the anxiety of older people. And especially this parasitic managerial class that like, is 90 years old and never wants to die and it's just such a it's such a disturbing thing and and i'm trying to sit here and and doom it's just that what i am trying to do is get through to people who really care about freedom and say you know what you have to care about outcome it's not enough to just be principled it's not enough to just be consistent in your position you just need to do what you need to do to maintain and and you know, take care of the people in your life. I tend to have a more Machiavellian approach. You know, do I think the way that I like to think about it, and maybe this will be helpful for you, is, and I've asked this question on Twitter, 
how do you get to a high trust society? Right? Because I think that's what a lot of liberty people want is they want not a ton of surveillance, not a ton of intervention, not a ton of violence. Those things. They want trust. They want a certain type of society. And I think a lot of the the liberalism within libertarianism just undermines that truly, right? You're not going to land on this trustful society. You're just going to have outsiders or your own people undermine you if you allow for Marxism, if you allow for subversion. Mm -hmm. There is no real defense to psychological subversion or occult mm -hmm. dark magic or tactics. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so so kind of what you made me think of there was a, a specific person. I hate to keep bringing him up, but um, when I quote tweeted him, someone else came at me and said, I smoke weed and I drink and drive all the time. And <laughs> this person had anarchists all over their bio. And I told them, I said, look, you don't understand. If we got to any kind of hypothetical you know, utopia, you would be the first person removed. Because you're endangering other people, or at least I know in my community I would be because if my kid or my dogs are running around outside and then you're plastered off your ass running down you know, my alleyway, I would do something about that because you're threatening the people and you know my dogs who mean a lot to me. Like You, you can't do that. And so if you allow that degeneracy to foster, once again, it's not like it just stays in one place. There were plenty of studies done with kids where they would take um, ill-behaved kids and then well-behaved kids and put them in camps together. And the thought was, okay, well, the good kids will bring the bad kids up. No, what happens is the good kids came down, right? That degeneracy and the poor behavior spread. So it's not like you could just say, okay, well, as long as you're, you know, leaving pitchforks and, you know, mountains of shit in your yard and it's not in my yard, that's okay. No, an HOA or something like that where you have, you know, a voluntary association of homeowners who say, look, this is the standard and you're you're gone if you do not keep up with this. I don't see that as a bad thing. And I know some people would poo-poo that, but at the same time, how do you maintain freedom? You need to have some sort of sense of responsibility because it's not like you can just go do whatever you want without consequence. And that's what a lot of people think freedom is. No, there's a lot of responsibility inherent to freedom. So therefore, you're going to have to be an upstanding person and a responsible person to tolerate that freedom that's going to come with this community that people are envisioning but that part gets left out of libertarianism they just want to say okay well i'm consistent and then you know we're there right yeah. well we, we saw after 2020 once again people were giving treatments to children that they didn't need and that actually by all science that's coming out now harmed them and then also made them wear masks all day and did plenty of different things that clearly harmed children for absolutely nothing under the assumption that supposedly COVID had spread asymptomatically, which now we know through different studies that I talk about all the freaking time had shown that COVID doesn't spread asymptomatically, right? Um, seven, 1,000 of cases transferred asymptomatically. And then the University of East Anglia did a study where they contact traced, I think it was 10 million people. And they found that only, I think it was less than 120 people spread it asymptomatically. So what was the um, justification for lockdowns? It was asymptomatic spread. You could spread it and not know you have it. Well, when in history has that ever been the case? So we literally destroyed the economy. We completely changed the way that we view being sick. Like if people fucking so much as sneeze now, people are having a heart attack. I'm like, you guys are fucking hypochondriacs. I call my coworkers who are all boomer cons. I'm like, you guys are fucking pussies. Get over it. 
it's a fucking cold now. Sorry, that's it's yeah, a tangent, but I, it drives me nuts. I get it. Look, myself included, people are scared to die because they're, you know, not that everything was terrible, but we do have a lot of privilege in terms of modern conveniences and access to certain things, right? I think it's easy to lose sight of that or to understand how that impacts our behavior, the way that we go about things or the things we believe. But I think people, there's a real problem with a lot of weakness in character, and I'm not perfect by any means, but it is a lot of work to do any kind of shadow work or deep dive, and you need to know yourself, your weaknesses, your strengths, because that's how the system takes advantage of you. It's constantly collecting our data, and it it doesn't know like everything, you know, when I, when I refer to this vague system, I mean like that overarching cathedral, mm -hmm. but um, it's not like it knows what we're going to have lunch for lunch tomorrow. But I mean, essentially we're dealing with these old timey psychologists, evolutionary, you know, psychologists or what have you, when I talk about the darker cult. And I really like, by the way, Mark Passio from what on earth is happening, mm -hmm. uh, who is an ex member of this satanic I think it was the Satanic Church, I believe, because there's the Satanic Temple, the Satanic Church, which is different. I think it's the Satanic Temple or okay. church with Anton LaVey. Um, he talks about, you know, the the psychological warfare and the things occurring, and that is so important. Mm -hmm. I, it, it is so unfortunate, and I think that regardless of the things that you believe, whether you do, let's say you have the right values you care about family you care about your social connections you care about making the world a better place we saw how that empathy and that care was hijacked and used against people right yeah. like oh well you need to care about your kids and therefore you need to mask them and do this and this and this and this and you need to get them covid boosted and you need to blah blah blah, blah and and just this this ridiculousness and we saw most of that wealth transfer right i'm not shocked by that where Walmart got to stay open, but a small business didn't, right? And then they blame everything that happened on COVID. Well, it was coronavirus is why people lost all this wealth and they lost this and they couldn't see their family and do this. The, the government isn't in control of the virus, tells us. So why yeah. we could stop? <laughs> I, I think a lot of people lack strength of character and fortitude. And they also lack just saying no and putting their foot down and... You know, because this could have ended, like, I saw a lot of dudes, and I'm not just blaming this on men. I mean, I knew a lot of dudes who were like, I got, I got vaccinated and I wore a mask because my girlfriend or my wife wanted me to. And I'm like, you could have put your foot down and said, no, knock, knock the shit off. But that didn't happen. I didn't generally see that. I saw mostly, like, people being, you know, men being dragged around by their girlfriends or their wives through the, I'm like, why are you putting up with this? Like, this could have ended today if all the men got together and said, we're not doing this and I, again I don't mean to be un, unfair here I'm just being mm -hmm. honest about you know who presents as authority and who's going to be taken seriously right so this yeah. this kind of speaks to a bigger issue that um I, I think you and I may have had a little bit of a twitter back and forth on this not like any bad way it was actually a good way but um women are the largest voting block in the United States. So the way that I've started to kind of parse this out, this is why abortion is such a big deal, because if you can tell the largest voting block in the United States that their bodily autonomy, which is very important to sovereign individuals, right? When we're 
led to believe that we're autonomous individuals who are responsible for our own actions and that we have all this agency. When you tell people that that's being violated, they sure as hell do not like it. So if you can convince the largest voting bloc that this is being violated and that we are here to save you, then it's very, very easy to emotionally manipulate people to vote for certain people that are in charge. But what we need to come back to is men taking authority, right? And because a lot of men kind of just get pushed pushed around by women, right? Because the incentives aren't so that men can necessarily take hold of their relationships because what happens in divorce court, right? A majority of settlements go to women. And now we've had 60 years of social conventions of, oh, well, you're not the stepdad. You're the dad who stepped up. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a kid of divorce, right? Both my parents got remarried. Um, I was raised by a single mom for my entire life, but you can notice that this hurts children. And, you know, thank God I was able to overcome it. And many other people are too, but it's difficult for parents to raise children alone. But what really needs to happen is that men need to take authority back in relationships and really culturally and overall societally to kind of bring about the change that we need to see. And like I said, I, I don't think it's going to happen without men putting their foot down and saying it ends now that we say it ends. Cause not that women don't have the same capacity, but you know, who, who's easier to knock over a, a man or a woman. Let, let's be right. honest here. The reason that men have authority is because of a greater capacity for violence right. because they can be taken more seriously. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's not that, might makes right but might makes propped up existence of certain things you know um because i do believe in an objective morality that comes from god or nature however you want to define it right but i think that it's very important to make the distinction it's not just a matter of men stepping up and taking over and being authoritarian it needs to be um something that falls under the jurisdiction of spiritual development. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is there really needs to be a focus on an objective morality and a guidance on that. Because again, it's not just a matter of authority and that's the end of it. It needs to be authority in alignment with the natural law, in alignment with creation and in alignment with reality and mm -hmm. order. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it I'm, I'm trying to like spell it out in a secular way and it's very difficult to do that and i think too when you try to there there's a reason that people are turning to religion because there's a lot of truth in a lot of organized religions mm -hmm. um but i think that it's very difficult i really want to sit here and i want to say that you can be good without god and you can have objective morality without god and all these things I want to sit here and say that we can build a parallel society that is secular, but somehow conservative, but not religious. I just feel like it's an uphill battle. Mm -hmm. And it's also trying to reinvent the wheel in a way. Right. Uh, yeah. I, so, I, oh, sorry. No, sorry. I just, I just want to say real fast. I, it's yeah. tough because it's like on one hand, I don't want to necessarily live under some kind of theocracy. And hey, people can go to Saudi Arabia. You can do that right now. <laughs> if you want to live under that particular, like, I, it's like, I don't want to sit here and say that, you know, a, a Christian theocracy is the only way to do things. It's just that, man, people have fallen so far. And I don't necessarily think that Christianity is like the only answer or something. And I have my own contentions with Christianity, mm -hmm. what, regardless of the denomination. But it's like, dude, 
I think it's just asking too much of people to be good without some kind of established spiritual guidance. It's very hard. You know, it's, it's just very, very hard. And I think it's so obvious to me that there's such a lack of reverence and care and respect for any kind of spiritual deity. And, and don't, and by the way, I'm not saying we're necessarily run by atheists. We're not, you know, I believe that there's a satanic uh, belief in a deity running things. I'm not saying it's atheist or secular really, but I, I don't see how we get out of this without some kind of religion. I really don't. Mm -hmm. And I think religion can be a part of a problem. I think it's like a tool, right? It can, it yeah. can do good. It can really help some people and it can right. be a Trojan horse, but I just, I don't see how we're getting out of this without religion. I, I, so this is something that I battle with because I've considered myself an agnostic for a very, very long time. And I consider, <laughs> I consider <laughs> myself an agnostic atheist for a very long time, but, um, I got to say after 2020 and especially after meeting my girlfriend, now fiance, I feel a lot more compelled to believe in a higher power, which almost sounds ridiculous in a way, but I, I truly do. And then I noticed that all of the shining examples of great people that I know happen to be religious too, which is always funny. And not that I don't know any phenomenal secular people, but more often than not, I think the people who I admire the most tend to be religious. So I, I, it's something I battle a lot. And like you said, it's a tool. And this is kind of the way I started to look at governance after 2020 is that the old anarchist in 2019 me would have said that, oh, all government's bad no matter what. But then 2020 comes around and I realize that we're not on the same planet anymore, right? The whole world as we knew it had changed. So now we have to look at world, or the world as more of a functional thing, right? You have to look at things in more functional terms, right? So governance is, once again, like a tool. It, it's like fire. It could heat your home or it could burn it down. And as we saw, some governors chose to burn their states down <laughs> and some governors chose to try and at least heat their states, metaphorically speaking. So I don't know when it comes to using religion to fix things. I, I, I honestly don't know, but it, it makes sense. But then the other part of me thinks that is a lot of this, and this is where I really put my tinfoil hat on, but is a lot of this populist right movement, is this going to get co-opted? Because my theory is you have a lot of people kind of up top in this populist movement who use the MAGA name, but then essentially they believe all the same things as neocons. And the way that I'm starting to look at this down the line is that you have DeSantis shaping up to be president 2024, if not Trump. And we already know Trump will, he's going to cave every single time. That's what he did his entire presidency. And I don't think that that's going to change into his second presidency. I mean, if you had five years of him and you think that he's still coming to save you, especially after promoting that certain thing that he's promoted the entire time, you're 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 out to lunch you could say that he's better than biden and i would agree but if you think that he's coming to save you you're so far gone it's like a learned helplessness what i see with desantis though is that to me it almost seems like he's going to make the empire great again right you have his press secretary who's a known russia gator and he's a china hawk and those energies can be used to rile the people up and he is very very good at letting his people know that he loves them, right? I mean, he is a phenomenal populist, and I love that about him because he does love his people. But the problem is, is that when you have somebody like that who has this authoritarian streak, what happens when he becomes president and he has the wrong people in his ear 
or he has bad instincts, which it, it by all if you look at his voting record, he really does. He voted for all the surveillance and stuff like that. And, and this isn't to take away from his 2020 record. And, and this is the fine line that you have to walk when you criticize DeSantis, that you can respect everything that he's done, but realize that if that power to be in his hands, we could have a very, very bad situation in our hands where this whole populist right movement could be co-opted and the woke stuff gets abandoned because they realize that this is no longer feasible. And you have a large growing movement that could be co-opted for, you know, whatever means, whether that would be. What's up, everybody? Um, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about the show's sponsors. Um, we are brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. I've been using this stuff for years, and what I've honestly found is that if I didn't have electrolytes before some kind of cardio, and sometimes even before workouts, that my workout performance, or definitely cardio performance, would suffer greatly. Um, Sodium is responsible for every single movement pretty much in your entire body. and let's say you drink a lot of caffeine, like I like to do, then um, maybe it is a good idea, like I do every single morning, um, put some LMNT chocolate electrolytes um, there in your coffee to get a little bit more sodium, potassium, and uh, magnesium in your coffee so that way whatever diuretic effect you get from the caffeine is pretty much diluted by the fact that you put chocolate salt in it. Um, also, it tastes really, really good. Get some uh, chocolate creamer, hazelnut creamer, or even coconut, and uh, mix that all up. It tastes really, really good. So, uh, yeah, make sure you drop by, go to drinklmnt.com slash health and uh, pick you up some electrolytes today. All right, guys, thanks. This damn new computer, my brother comes over and builds it, and then all of a sudden my shit starts breaking. But uh, my lovely fiance actually ordered me a new Wi-Fi card that will hopefully fix all these issues. She's she's truly great. She's the greatest. Anyways, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to pose this to you, and I want to bounce this idea off of as many people who are very, very pro-populist, right, to kind of get their ideas. I really do feel like this could be co-opted because once the establishment and the elites see that the woke stuff is no longer being tolerated, which I think is a real possibility, then they'll ditch it and say, all right, well, then we can hop on this and notice that that certain state over there in the Middle East, all of these people are still a very, very big fan of, and they tend to pull the strings on a lot of stuff. So do you have that same fear or do you think I'm just batshit fucking crazy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I got I got a couple of things on this. I look at it from an engineering perspective, and this I think a lot of libertarians and ANCAPs will agree, which is um, if you have no real checks and balances, so to speak, mm -hmm. then how can you have any definitive change or trust? Like, for instance, I'm into Bitcoin, you know, mm -hmm. I'm into alternative financial systems. Sorry to be that guy who talks about the Federal Reserve on your show. I know we're all tired of hearing about it, but honestly, a lot of human behavior and negative things that we're seeing and kind of like the worst aspects of people is downstream of that fiat system. Mm -hmm. It's a system that promotes very um, high time preference behavior. So, right. you know, like the administration, they got to spend all the money that they have right now because it's going to be worth less and less. They got to get in, pillage, loot, you know, do what they got to do, right? Right. So my point here is, even if you have DeSantis, if you still have the Federal Reserve and you still have the corporations as they are, I mean, I'm not, I do think things would be different, certainly. Yeah. Right. But it's almost like you you have, it's the fiat, that Federal Reserve system that's really keeping the lifeblood 
going of how things are it's that devaluing of the u.s dollar that's really keeping people because i was thinking about i forgot to bring it up when we talk about abortion and women's rights and all this stuff and women is the biggest voting block we need to ask the question of of why do women feel compelled to kill their potential children so that they can work longer hours or so they can, right. they can have more access to things or why is it so expensive to have children and like what you know we need to kind of deal with that deconstruction of community and support networks incentives and, yeah yeah not just that but it but i mean right it's like you have all these celebrities and i'm not you're not going to be surprised by this either that come out and say oh i'm so grateful i was able to have an abortion or i wouldn't be getting this award and i wouldn't be able to make this movie it's disgusting right yeah um and so it's just it's just like a lot of what we're seeing is downstream of the federal reserve so my point here is the major known checks and balances that we have are supposed to be the mainstream media and journalism right they're supposed to be uh, like yeah the this worked very system. well <laughs> they're supposed to be the justice system they're supposed mm -hmm. to be voting all the methods by which we're told that you hold politicians accountable mm -hmm. it, it's it's a little insincere when you still have again that federal reserve and everything downstream of that right or let's say even look at trump right how much you know I, and I'm not letting him off the hook per se, but how much people would say, oh, he had his hands tied, this administration, that. You can get your guy that you want, but there's more than one way to subvert what he wants to do or not right. build a wall or not do this. And and yeah, so the way I see it to address it is number one, I still don't think we have any real checks and balances currently. Right. Number two, um, because again, with, with 2020, you look at that election and a lot of people like a good chunk of the population understands that something went wrong, something was right. screwy, and there were shenanigans indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, you have a lot of false flags and psyops going on, whether that's questionable shootings or or whether that's um, January 6th, right? You know, it's, it's a frustrating topic to discuss with people because mm -hmm. there were so many intel agencies and Black Lives Matter people, L and CNN, there were so many non-organic people involved in that that's just easily like a false flag right because there there were some organic people involved but i see that is such a setup to purposefully demonize and try to push through you know really hitting home this notion of maga people as domestic terrorists it was there to support a certain narrative right right it was not a real insurrection or what, whatever, <laughs> yeah. right? And so, and so it's like, it's frustrating because, again, let's say you get DeSantis in charge. If you can still have false flags and hoaxes to get what you want, mm -hmm. right? If you can still have, like, whatever Kenosha was, if people can still run amok and burn down buildings. And I'm sure people will come at me and say, no, 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 DeSantis would enforce the law. He wouldn't allow that. I, un I understand the difference. But like I said, you you kind of you don't really have any real checks and balances or insulation from corruption. You don't. Right. All those means that we're told work really don't work, even if you have your guy in charge. Now, do I think that it's very easy to to hijack the populace, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How many people were led to the Capitol? How many people were, you know, 
Um, look, the way I see it is I really like your show and I like where you're coming from because the general message you're telling people is you need to put your money where your mouth is. You need to present yourself in such a fashion that you lead by example. I think that's super important. It's also you tell people, hey, you need to make certain internal and external changes that, and do the work, right? A lot of these right-wing people are very good at pointing out what's wrong or noticing or saying, hey, they're hypocrites or look at the left, they're crazy. But a lot of them really just kind of tell you, oh, the solution is giving me money every week and tuning into me every week. And it's not, there's not enough of a message of, okay, go home and do it. Do certain things yourself. Go home and rebuild community. Go home and join local politics or go right. home and try to have an impact, mm -hmm. right? It's sort of, I think that right-wing populism gets recycled into a type of consumerism, mm -hmm. unfortunately. Um, I think that's part of it. And that might be a modern thing. And then secondly, unfortunately, that um, Overton window, and that's basically acceptable form of conversation has right. shifted so left um it's it's like we need to have certain conversations of what we consider acceptable or what we consider mental illness because right. things have shifted so left you've got brad palumbo calling himself based <laughs> that's insane to me you know right. I, I wrote a joke I, I i posted this on twitter a while ago i've got blair white who's trans right and i've got michael malice hanging out together and I say like, point of view, uh, you know, World War Three just happened and these two, it's on them to restart civilization. It's like, look, look, here, here's what I see here. I have a very, let me, let me put it to you this way. Right. I, I used to be, by the way, just to wrap this up, I used to be agnostic atheist. I was president of an atheist club for two years, right? That was my, yeah, my, my view. I gave the paragraph. I was like, oh, I don't think there's God. I can't definitively prove it. Blah, 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 blah. That was my paragraph that I gave. Mm -hmm. Now I do believe in a creator. But that that kind of being said, um, I just I just think that people are going to get like the wrong message. It's really, there's no shortcuts. We have to do the work ourselves. We have to build mm -hmm. ourselves. Not everyone has to run for office. I think what we need to do is have a division of labor as a solution. Say, okay, you know, you run your business, you do cover for this, you run local politics. We need to have our people saturated in everything. Right. Mm -hmm. That's, that's, you know, in our, and that Overton window, again, it's like things have pushed so far left and the right, the populist right keeps doing things like, I don't know if you would consider Matt Walsh a uh, populist right per se or Daily Wire. I, mm. I, I guess not. But at the They're same more time, neocons. But okay. they, they, they try to appeal to that. But but I think that the more that you try to refute and prove the left wrong and try, it's, it's like the left is always leading the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and the right is always playing defense. And you just, mm. you you can't win that way you just can't win constantly being in their worldview and refuting it right. it don't it doesn't work and not only that but if we want alternatives if we want to free our market we have to build things ourselves i just think that it's long overdue that we have to build things ourselves and not rely on politicians because do i think desantis would be better than biden absolutely right. but at the end of mm -hmm. the day it's like we gotta live you know maybe like amish people will, but with some technology we have to have insular <laughs> yeah. group preference mm -hmm. and support each other and have these support yeah. networks because 
at the end of the day, if you have no alternatives, you have nowhere to go. It doesn't matter whether you're an ANCAP or a status or this or this or this. You're just going to use what's accessible to you. Mm-hmm. Right. right. So like I said, part of the solution is building something ourselves, parallel society. Is Yeah, I do think that the populist right, right is very ripe for being hijacked with grifters. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, how many of them are talking about PSYOPs or false shootings or not many? Yeah. Tucker Carlson's never going to use the word crisis actor. Oh, well, his, his dad was his dad was CIA, so right. <laughs> it's just not good. So what I'm trying to say is, I don't. We have to really acknowledge, and I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. There are no saviors, and there are no shortcuts. We have yeah. to do the work ourselves, and I don't think that that's going to change at all. And that work means, like you say, you know, go work out try to tap into the halo effect. You have to be conventionally presenting a certain way. If you're telling people about van nomadism and you look like you don't shower, it's going to be a very hard sell to mm-hmm. convince people as to why they should join your lifestyle. Usually I believe very much in physiognomy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but like generally when I look at someone, I take a quick view and I think like whether or not I should take them seriously and whether or not their own personal philosophy is rooted in reality or not. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the way that things go. And I think we, you know, there, there are certain, I think it comes down to accept, accepting certain aspects of human behavior and trying to say, how can we bring out the best in people and how can we kind of suppress the worst right. and, and to operate within natural hierarchies and order, because I don't think um, I, I unfortunately think that libertarianism gets very egalitarian very quick. Libertarianism is very compatible with feminism. <laughs> it is. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I, I One thing that I also liked, and then I, I couldn't think of a better place to kind of end it, and then we'll definitely have to do another one because I actually really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, one thing that I, I kind of get annoyed with is that a lot of people who say that they're right wing and they constantly blast that it should be something that's um, explicated or um, I, I always forget the fucking terminology, but it should be something that you present, right? It shouldn't have to be something that you constantly tell people, right? Cause if you're telling people then that kind of comes off as not very genuine, right? You should just represent those values. Buck and I were talking about this when he was on the show last week, but um, you know, he resembles those um values. I would like to believe that I resemble those values as well, but I'll let you know my actions speak for myself. That's kind of how people should look at it. Because once again, if you don't represent autonomy and libertarianism, then how do you expect other people to believe you or buy into what you're saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I think that we're charged with trying to balance morality and utility, and mm-hmm. that's just very hard. I don't think there's a shortcut to that. And we have to be honest with, is what we're doing working? And if not, we have to revisit the drawing board. And a combination of saying, hey, you know, why don't people want this libertarian philosophy? And is that philosophy inherently wrong in some ways? Did we Mm -hmm. get it wrong? And I know know what you're saying because, Again, if, if you want people to take you seriously, you have to present what what you're saying is like, why are people so openly mouthing and kind of virtue signaling that they're mm-hmm. right wing or what have you? I think part of it, I give people a little bit of a pass in the sense of I feel like on Twitter and on social media, we're all sort of like putting out an antenna. Like, <laughs> we're just kind of like, 
putting our values and our beliefs out there, whether they're authentic or not, right? I agree with you. You need to judge someone based on their, their actions because it's easy to call yourself Christian. It's easier to call yourself a title or anything, right? Mm -hmm. But we all kind of like, we're all just sort of throwing our beliefs out there and we're trying to put out the bat signal and get other people to respond because instinctively, if you believe what I believe, then we can work on a project together. Then cool, we can make progress, right? But if you don't believe what, I, so we're all trying to like virtue single and group single. So in some sense, I cut people some slack because that's sort of like always necessity. But I get, I get what you're saying. I guess there's a better, more effective way to do it. I think mm -hmm. if someone who's super loud and has to constantly project that, you have to kind of wonder what it is they're hiding or like why <laughs> right. they try so hard. Mm -hmm. I think I get what you're saying. I really like. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know how, how brief you want to make this or not, but do you know David Patrick Henry, Church of Eternal Logos? Uh, I, I've, I know the name, but I'm not very familiar. He's okay. So he is like a conventionally attractive dude that's Eastern Orthodox who talks mm -hmm. about working out. And he's very adamant about trying to present a very well-rounded sort of way of being. And I appreciate that because I do think that's, that's hard and that's kind of like missing. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, I get what you're saying, because a lot of people on the right tend to copy that leftist sort of way of going about things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, and the people on the left just want power, and they don't really care whether you call them hypocrites, or whether you're loud, or whether you're, like, it doesn't <laughs> right. matter. Not, if you don't have leverage, and you don't have power, then you're a peasant, then, then mm -hmm. you don't matter. Mm -hmm. That's it. Then, then you have no impact. That's mm -hmm. it. So, you know, I think maybe in some ways we're allowed to be given a release valve and be loud. And, mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of like, you know, again, inner group preference and, and it's sort of like people tend to behave like they're in high school, no matter their age of mm -hmm. like, this is my group and backstabbing here and this talking shit here. And like, it's just, so it's important for us to like, stop and be like, okay, you know, what is it I want and how do I get it? And how do I strategize and, and how do I be productive and kind of have that inner in a referee. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We have we have a real problem with a lot of people behaving leftist, even if they aren't. It's it's right. yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure what I think, like you said, maybe leading by example of saying, yeah. hey, maybe and you mentioned, you know, getting married and wanting to be a dad. Like I think that's amazing. I think that is something that really changes your worldview, it makes yeah. you look around and be like, okay, what is acceptable or not for a world for children? Right. That changes. I think about that too. I, I want a family too. And, I, and that, that is really like the dividing point between my old self and who I am now is like, I see the world very differently based on that yeah. of what I value. Mm -hmm. And, and you're going to be in this, this role of responsibility. And I think what, what we sort of have to do is like pick up that Jordan Peterson mantle of responsibility, mm -hmm. but also find a way to defend it. Because if you're just taking on responsibility, and, and you're doing what you need to do, but you don't have a means of like support or defending yourself, then everything will just be taken away from you. And people are disincentivized. They're like, well, why should I be a good person if nobody else is going to be? Well, this is where yeah. the social conservatives get it wrong is that they want all responsibility, but no authority. Yeah. And once again, a responsibility without, a, you know, responsibility without the authority to affect that responsibility is effectively slavery. And that's what yeah. we've done to men 
today is that we've told them they need to take 100% responsibility, but they have absolutely zero authority. So kind of to what we were saying earlier, it's essentially men are going to have to have the responsibility part, but they also need the authority part. And that's going to require not weak men. That's going to require men who are disciplined and who are able to affect that authority effectively and, you know, change their family and their community for the better. And I see that in Buck. And that's why I really like that he's running for city council, because I see him as a person who's willing to take responsibility and do things for the better. And that's something that's scary to a lot of libertarians, because if you just vote libertarian every single time and your outcome never comes and you can constantly say, well, if you just would have voted my way, or if you would just listen to me, then look, we would be there. Yeah. But to actually put yourself out there and say that, look, I'm willing to fail in order to try and bring about something better, that's a lot more honorable than saying I'm consistent. Yeah, not just not just that, but like I said, we're charged with balancing morality and utility. Mm -hmm. right. And that libertarian position allows you to rest on those principles and say, oh no, if I get involved in any way, mm -hmm. I'm doing harm and I'm automatically right. propping up the system. And so it allows you, if you do that, that consequentially either makes you a pacifist or it makes you a martyr and we're well past martyrs. And I've joked before on other people's shows that if you die in the name of libertarianism, you will be marked to COVID death, right? No one's gonna care. <laughs> it's, it's... I miss that, but that's so great. <laughs> but yeah, and so I think what I think what it is is by the way, I just want to say real fast, I think yeah. like logically when I talk about religion and other things in masculinity. Logically, it's just way easier to back up the car and try to reverse and just be like, okay, I don't like how things are now. We just need to go back. Like, that's, I think, the most logical move. Mm -hmm. And it's tough because I don't always know how feasible or possible that mm -hmm. it is. But it's like we have to try to build that and also balance navigating the current system we have. So it's like kind of like, constantly having a north star or, or somewhere to aim of how moral you want to be and then also kind of working with reality and how it is and i don't think that we get to really get around that truly and also you got to ask yourself too like like again these libertarian handcaps they don't have to run for office not everyone has to it's totally cool if they want to start a business or if they if they want to create homeschooling classes or they they're totally free to do those things, right? We mm -hmm. need those things. It's just that again, and like I said, I would rather have ANCAPs and libertarians do nothing than prop up the left and be mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, no, that's cool with my principles. That's fine. That's fine for children. Oh no, no. Rather than like, you know, hijack themselves. And because what they're advocating for is not going to result in that high trust ordered society mm -hmm. that they say they want. You know what I mean? And I just want to say real fast, um, yeah. something that it took me a while to understand was when it comes to freedom, the left believes in freedom in the context of self-expression and the right believes right. in freedom, the freedom to fulfill certain social and moral obligations. Mm -hmm. And that took me like a long, it seems weird and paradoxical. It goes, well, if I have social and moral obligations, aren't I a slave? I mean... Look, we're social creatures, and as long as we're social creatures, we're always going to be somewhat centralized. You can go and you can live in the woods by yourself, but that rugged individualism is very, very, very difficult to pull off for majority of us. Right? Yeah. You most know, people. I, 
most people yeah. don't understand how hard you have to work to kind of be that person. And one thing that I think a lot of people underestimate, and this kind of goes to the health aspect of things, is that a lot of people don't realize how much weight they actually have to lose. But that's because you haven't had to go through the process. Like I lost 70 pounds for my heaviest. And you most people wouldn't know. But if I, I occasionally try to put up old pictures just so that way people know and see. Um, but uh it takes a lot of time to get to be in a prosperous place. It's not like, you know, the paradise that you want just pops up overnight. And that's kind of what I often try to hit on is telling people like, Hey, you need to put in the work. And that's kind of what we were saying all along here is that yeah. it's, it's discipline and your it, motivation will wane away, but you just kind of have to keep whacking away at it, hoping it, hoping that it turns out in your favor, but there's no guarantee that you're going to get what you want. If you, even if you do slave, you know, essentially slave labor for your proposed goal. Yeah, I just was. I think that's amazing, man. That's really an inspiration. Thank and you. I know I put on twenty pounds during all the lockdowns and all this nonsense and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you know, it, it's just you know I have my own goals, and I think the time for arguing. And I'm gonna try to stick this to it. It's hard because it is so fun. <laughs> It's a lot of fun to take out some steam on some random people. I'll never meet, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the time for arguing is way over. Yes. You know, like I love coming on the show and speaking to people who want to meet us halfway there, want to listen or open mic, those things. That's cool. But in general, the time for arguing with people who aren't going to change their minds is way over. Right. And I think the right has a real problem with constant purity testing and not enough like cohesion and it's it's that ironic like they have a problem not being collectivist enough mm -hmm. in a way the left is very good at coordinating and getting on the same page oh, yeah. and kind of being obedient so it's mm -hmm. that the right kind of shoots themselves in the foot by sort of holding on to to that like Rugged individualism. Well-intentioned, well yeah. yeah, rebelliousness and independence, but it's mm -hmm. it's just kind of unfortunate. So I think it's really time to, like, coordinate and work together and try to build something, truly. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, don't spend all your time arguing with people who, if you get to the point where, like, mm -hmm. I don't know if this person is a fed or retarded or just terminally online. Or both. Let it go. Because it's so easy to have your time, attention, and your energy just drained on media and drained on stuff and added. If you're listening to this, you best be on a treadmill. You best be lifting weights. <laughs> you best be doing <laughs> Do it right now. You best mm -hmm. be doing something physical mm -hmm. because, you know, being chubby and having fedora is not going to cut it. No, you know, absolutely it's just, not. It's just not. And I, I think, like, and again, you know, if you're putting yourself in that position to become a dad and really support your wife and support your family and build a legacy for yourself and you want to be better than your parents were i mean it's just you know that no one else is going to do that for you right you know that that's on you right mm -hmm. like that's the goal and it's it's just there's no real you know you giving money to nicholas fuentes is probably not going to make a whole difference in terms of like the quality <laughs> of your life do you know what i mean that's that's mm -hmm. not you know, or listening to Trump saying, I'm going to, you know, whatever it is about 2024, whatever these things. So it's, it's again, it's, it's a balance of recognizing how things are and dealing with how these are, and then still trying to like push and exert your will over the direction you want to go. It's, we got to deal with what's in front of us, right? And what's in front of us is, is a majority of people are still attached to the system. They're dependent on it. They're very much into voting, very much into, it's, it's just like, 
MAGA people and conservatives and boomers are our closest allies. And that's just the way it is. That's, mm -hmm. and we have to deal with that. Yeah. You just I, gotta I, deal with that. I truly hate it, but <laughs> unfortunately it is the reality. And look, I, I'm a mechanic for a living, right? I fix cars, you know, eight to 10 hours a day for the last almost 10 years now. So um, I, I could speak well to it. They may not always, in fact, they're oftentimes very, very far from libertarianism. And they actually, a lot of them, at least in my experience, did go right along with all the stuff. They got their shots, they got their boosters, they wore their masks, but there, there's definitely a little bit more ground. They're definitely a little bit more ripe for the message, as much as I hate to say that. And and it's it's such a sad reality, but that's that's just where it's at. Rachel, this has I, been, oh, God. Yeah. Sorry, no, I was, gonna, I was gonna say, I'm sorry to keep you going. I've had my Dr. Okay. Manhattan moments where I'm like, I'm so tired that I, there's so many false flags and slaps and hoaxes and it's the same nonsense over and over and over and over. Yeah. And people are stupid. And like, I get so frustrated or I'm like, people keep shooting themselves in the foot. You don't even need the state. They're retarded. Like, there's such a lack of, of spirituality and such a lack of guidance and such a lack mm -hmm. of, you know, all these things. I'm just like, Whoa, I just want to go to Mars and not deal with it. But I don't. <laughs> get to check out i'm a part of this you're a part of this yep. we don't really get to like just kind of rest on our laurels and check out we just mm -hmm. it look it's on us every generation before us had to deal with whether it was a war whether it was jfk or the fake moon whatever it was that they were being oppressed by every generation has had its struggles we've had covid nonsense we've had you know I don't think we just get to get to kind of pussy out on it. We just got to stay strong and charge forward and keep focus and work on ourselves and, and be receptive. And, and just something I want to say, I think yeah. people should pursue uh, being around other people in situations that require like a high barrier to entry. So what I mean by that is whether it's jujitsu or working out or if you surround yourself in situations that require effort, it's going to weed out the weak people. Right, and I think that's mm -hmm. kind of like what we, as a, I hate to say, you know, community, but as a, whether it's truth seeking or right leading or whatever it is, or liberty loving community, have to kind of do mm -hmm. is surround ourselves with hardworking people. I, I don't, I don't think that there is like an easy way out. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, if you are not, or the one saying that I, it always comes to mind when I hear something like that is that um, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's absolutely yeah. true. Cause if, you know, if you hang out with five losers, there's a high likely chance you're the sixth. Um, Rachel, this has been a fantastic conversation and uh, I, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I knew we were going to dive on some cons uh, conspiracy stuff, but um, no, this, this went absolutely fantastic. And I, I think people are really going to enjoy it, even though we were literally all over the place. Um, so I got a couple questions. I ask every single guest and then uh, we'll uh, close her out. What does Liberty look like to you? A high trust society, honestly, you know, like I said, used to be live and let live. Oh, everyone's doing their own thing, but now it looks like order and alignment with natural law and alignment with natural hierarchies. That's what liberty looks like to me. Nice. What does health look like to you? Health looks like if you are, you know, eating well in alignment with natural, real whole foods, if you're working out, whether that's a combination of cardio or fitness, it's, it's maintaining um, your own vitals. And I know that's a really like lame answer but <laughs> <that's> <laughs> because you know there's going to be some genetic uh, 
differences there but that's essentially what it looks like to me it looks like you know if you if you if you're like me and you can't run a mile how are you supposed to fight the state you know so well you know sorry no no, no, you're fine (laughs) oh and uh, being responsible about vices you know two steps forward one step back whether that's smoking weed or or you know not getting enough sleep or drinking whatever it is trying to trying to do better the next day and more good than bad that's what it looks like to me nice well um one thing i try to always tell people um whenever it comes to like having a meal that you weren't supposed to have your one meal off and your one meal back on the plan so um whatever you could do to just be a little bit better and i think a lot of people when they talk to me i I feel like and they ask for advice on fitness i think they're expecting like a 62 point bullet checklist but i never give them that usually give them the basics and then you know, when things start working, then we can adjust as necessary. But, um, yeah, I want to go down that rabbit hole because that's that's a whole other subject. And uh, like I said, we'll definitely do another one. So, Rachel, where can everybody find you? And what do you got coming up for you that you want to plug? Oh, man. Okay. You can find me on Twitter. It's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-D, Tobias, T-O-B-I-A-S. You can also find me at my artist website, Amerta Studios. That's A-M-R-T-A studios.com because i've got i'm an artist i do drawings and paintings and i've got my profile so you can find me there um i do have a local art show although i don't want to dox myself but also um i'll have to let you know when i do more you know stand-up comedy Mm -hmm. or or go to festivals or something like that i just got back from bonu fest which Mm -hmm. was a really great festival so those are some ways that people can reach me nice well, like I said, I really enjoyed the chat, and I think everyone else will too. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And make sure you check out the Sponsors Element and Axe and Sledge to get your hydration and protein needs. And until next time, everybody, take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.